He works for somebody who has animals to feed the pigs. Uh-huh. And then he gets so hungry to eat food that he just wants to eat the pig feed. Well, hello. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Catholicism with my kid. Today, my kid is Frank. I mean, he's always been my kid, but today he's the kid joining me. How old are you, Frank? Eight. And what is something that happened recently in your spiritual life? I went to communion. You had your first communion. What was that like? Cool. Were you a little nervous? Uh-huh. Are you still nervous when you go to Mass? No. Okay, good. So what Bible story did you want to talk about today? The prodigal son. Okay, here's something that... <laughs> the way you said that, say it again. The prodigal son. Yeah, that's how I would always say it, prodigal. In fact, we printed a thousand CDs that had prodigal spelled... How would you think you spell it? P-R-O-C-T-L-E? Yeah, I spell it with a C also. It's a G. P-R-O-D-I-G-A-L. Prodigal. So I printed all these CDs with it spelled wrong on it. (laughs) Anyway, sometimes they call it the parable of the two brothers or the lost son or the loving father or the forgiving father. Those are all kinds of different names for this. Either way, it's a parable. Do you know what a parable is? No. So a parable is a story that's used to teach you something. So Jesus would use parables often. Now, did this exact situation ever happen in real life? Maybe. In fact, there's probably been some very similar to it because it's a very realistic story that somebody would do this. So how about you tell us the story? What happens in The Prodigal Son? Whenever the son gets older, he wants to set off with his share of the money and then... He spends it on. Whenever all of it is gone, he um, works for somebody who has animals to feed the pigs. Uh And then he gets so hungry to eat food that he just wants to eat the pig feed. Okay, let's stop right there because I want to explain some of this that's happening. First of all, the money that he was spending was his inheritance money. He shouldn't have really gotten that money until his dad died and he would inherit that. So first of all, he was asking for that early so he could go live life. And then the things that he was doing, it wasn't like he was taking all that money and giving it to poor people. He wasn't sharing it with churches and synagogues at the time. He was using it for partying and just to live life for himself, a very selfish life that he was leading. In fact, Whenever he runs out of money, he also runs out of friends. There's nobody around to help him because nobody was friends with him because of him as a person. They just liked him for his money. So then he's lonely. So then what does he do whenever he's feeding the pigs and he thinks, man, I wish I could just eat some of this pig food. I'm in such a bad situation here. He goes back to his dad and whenever he arrives, he says, I no longer deserve to be your son. This is very good. So whenever he's coming, he's got this kind of prepared speech that he's ready to tell his dad, like, I'm sorry, I'm not worthy to be your son. Basically, he wants to be a servant and not a son. It says here, all of this comes from Luke chapter 15. 
verses 11 through 32. So he got up, went back to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him. It was filled with compassion. So I think that's an important verse of the Bible because of a couple reasons. One, the father saw the son. It says, while he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him. So the son is still a long way away and the father sees him coming. And some have speculated that this is a father who couldn't wait for his son to come home. Would every day look out, hoping to see his son coming up the path. And so he sees him coming from a long way away. And what was he filled with? Joy. With compassion, with joy. He ran to his son. He embraced him and kissed him. He wasn't filled with anger. He wasn't filled with frustration. He was filled with compassion. He had mercy on his son. He was so happy to see that he had returned. Was he happy that he left? Was he happy that he squandered all this money? Was he happy that he made poor decisions? No, but he was happy that he was back. And so what do they do? He tells his servants to kill the finest cow for a feast. Yeah. And his older brother gets mad and he says, I've been working on this farm way longer than he has. Very good, yeah. And you never had a feast for me. Uh Uh-huh. Do you remember what the dad says in return? He was lost and now has been found. That's right. But he also says, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come back to life again. He was lost and he's been found. So there's three people in the story, right? There's the son that leaves, makes bad decisions, and then comes back. There's the father that is merciful. And there's the other son who's jealous. So what can we learn from each of those three people? What can we learn from the son who leaves, spends all of his father's money, and then comes back? Don't do that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Don't do it. But in reality, we all make mistakes. Hopefully not something that, that big and that bad. But we all do things that we regret. What do we need to do? Never do it again. <laughs> Never do it again. But what does the son do? He said he was sorry. He comes back home. He comes back to the father. Yes, he's sorry. He he realizes that he made a mistake. We can learn from the son not to do bad things. We can also learn when we do do bad things, we got to go back to the father. So what can we learn from the merciful father? Be like him. Be like him to forgive others, to rejoice when somebody comes back to the church, when somebody comes back to faith, when somebody turns their life around, we should rejoice when that happens, right? And not focus so much on the negative, but focus on the positive. Who do you think the father also represents besides just a a literal biological father? God. Yes. So God is like that for us. When we make a mistake, we come back. God doesn't get mad at us. He doesn't yell at us. He doesn't give us a lecture. If we come back and we're sorry, he's merciful and he rejoices and throws a party for us because he's so happy that we came back. He's not happy that we left. He's happy when we come back. He's even happier if we never leave in the first place and we're there the whole time, like the younger son. He says, everything I have is yours. But what can we learn from the other son? Which one? The one who's there the whole time. The one who's jealous. I don't know. 
Well, I think that a lot of times we can be like that son who sees somebody come back to the church and we judge them. We see somebody who's asking for forgiveness and we can't stop thinking about the bad things that they did. And so when somebody hurts us or when some when we see somebody making mistakes and then they apologize for it, that they're sorry, that they try to turn their life around, we should rejoice about that and not be upset if people are being kind to them or if the church is, is welcoming them back, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to give a couple examples here, though, too. If someday you go to a party, right, this is when you're older, there might be bad things that are happening at the party. And hopefully you would say, I don't want to be a part of this. I'm going to leave, right? But maybe you'll make a mistake. Maybe you'll do things that you shouldn't do. Maybe someday you'll say things you shouldn't say. We all make mistakes and it happens. I want you to know that you can always come back to me. And if you're somewhere, you're in a bad situation, you can always call me and say, Dad, I need you to come pick me up. I made a mistake. And that if you're sorry for it, I'm not going to yell at you. There may be a punishment that you have to do for making mistakes, but ultimately I'm going to be so glad that you've come to me, that you came back, that you recognize that you make a mistake and ask me for help, right? Do you know that? Yeah. So if something happens at school, if you do something that you shouldn't do, if something happens at sports sometime, if you're staying the night at somebody's house, it's always best if you come to me and say, hey, look, this happened. I know I wasn't supposed to do this, but I'm sorry. It's better that you come to me and tell me that, right? Then you keep it a secret because I can then help you, right? Yeah. And God's even more merciful than I can be. I, I try to be merciful. I try to be that loving father, but God is perfect. And so whenever we make mistakes, whenever we sin, we can go to confession and God forgives us. He welcomes us back. He gives us a hug and has a party because we're back on the right path. You know, he's sad when we leave. He's sad when we make mistakes. He's sad when we sin, but he rejoices when we come back. He rejoices whenever we say, I'm sorry. He rejoices when we go to confession. That's what the party is, right? Yeah. So what do you hope people listening remember about the prodigal son? If you make a mistake, God loves you still. He's waiting for us. And he's looking out from heaven, waiting for us to, to get back on the right path, to come back to him so he can put a robe on us, a ring on our finger, have a big celebration, kill a fattened calf for us. I love steak. All right, this has been Kyle Hyman. And I'm Frank. And this is Catholicism with my kid. Do you have any message you want to leave people with? God loves you. Come back for the next episode. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.